Hello, friends, and welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Today's conversation is with the new Vice President for Advancement, Dr. Will Smallwood. He is leading the university's 1,000 Days Transform, the campaign for Cedarville, which was announced at homecoming weekend. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Smallwood and his wife, Caroline, to the Cedarville family. Here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, your host for the program, and before I get to the heart of my conversation today, I want to thank Dana Gresh, Cedarville's Alumna of the Year, for being my guest two weeks ago on the program. There's been an overflow of interest in Dana's story, and I believe that's because Dana has a passion to share the truth of Scripture to young people across the country. It was a great privilege having her on the program right after a very remarkable homecoming. And Homecoming 21 was also an important time in the life of Dr. Will Smallwood, my guest this week on the Cedarville Stories podcast. That's because Will was approved by the Board of Trustees as the university's vice president for institutional advancement during Homecoming weekend. Prior to joining the team at Cedarville, Will served in leadership positions at Louisiana College, Oklahoma Baptist University, and at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, where he also earned his Master of Divinity and Doctor of Philosophy degrees. At the undergraduate level, he's a graduate of the University of Florida. Go Gators! Go Gators! With that said, let me welcome Dr. Will Smallwood to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Appreciate you having me on today. It's good to have you in studio. We're doing this from the Cedarville University newsroom. And let me just uh, start uh, very simply, Will. Um, You're coming off your first Cedarville University homecoming. It was a great weekend. How did it go for you? Well, I agree. It was a great weekend. And first of all, we we give thanks to the Lord for giving giving us incredible weather. Oh, it was fabulous. Uh, We prayed for that uh, for months uh, ever since my arrival in a- April, that the weather would be, uh, first of all, would be good, and it, and it was gorgeous. But not only that, our, our team uh, rose to the challenge because we were, it's an interesting homecoming right. and a historic homecoming because Cedarville didn't get to host homecoming last year. So we had double the amount of classes, uh, class years that were being celebrated during homecoming. Okay. So we had the double amount of individuals coming to our campus and really uh, through that got to host the largest homecoming ever in the history of Cedarville. What was it, about 2,500? Yeah, about 2,500 registered. We know that we had more. We've already been going through some of the statistics. We know we had more people on campus than just the 2,500. Other folks that maybe didn't register just showed up that day uh, wanting to take part in the festivities. And just from event to event, uh, I think there was a real uh, a spirit of camaraderie, a real spirit of joy that was um, all over the campus, which was a really sweet time. Yeah. And I know there were more than 2,500 because I didn't register and I showed up. <laughs> right. So, so there were more like you yeah. as well, Mark. Yeah. That, that, it, it was a great day. And you said the, the weather was spectacular the whole weekend. So you may have answered it in a, in a way, but uh, maybe there's something else you want to say. But how would you compare... Cedarville's homecoming that you just experienced, because you've been at other schools, right? You've you've attended other homecomings. How how was this homecoming different or the same with what you've experienced in your history? Certainly, elements uh, that were the same in, in homecomings that I've experienced at other institutions: banner class reunions, yeah. affinity group reunions, sporting events. Certainly, were a part of those uh, other homecomings. But 
but some r- real uniqueness. One, a- an outstanding homecoming parade. It was great. Uh, Sixty, more than sixty entrants, more than twelve hundred people actually walking or part of a float in the parade. Pr- again, probably the largest homecoming parade. Yeah. But we also switched the route this year. You did, uh, and so that was uh, something new. But it was really special as coming down Main Street and then turning onto campus and cutting right down the heart of Dorm Row. That was really special. The street got a little narrower and people were lining the street. And there was there was a real special feel to that. I got to walk with our mascot, Stinger. And so I really got to experience the excitement. Everybody's excited to see Stinger. So a lot of fun. So that was unique. But I also think that uh, the closing of our homecoming with an all-campus worship with Matt Papa, it's a special way to close and a really a way for us to give thanks to the Lord for his goodness to us and reminding that everything that took place during the weekend, all the fellowshipping, all the relationships that, that were um, uh, renewed, so to speak, were were culminated uh, culminated in this final homecoming worship night, and, and not only was it the culmination, but I I saw that thread throughout the, the day. Agree, you know, and, that, and that's what made it. Uh, it wasn't about us or or individuals. It was really about um, the Lord and what He's done in the lives of each alum or person here on campus. Right? Absolutely, and the fact that we had a significant student involvement. Uh, all well, they, they had to get up because if they weren't going to get up when the parade, they're going to be wakened up by the sirens and band. That's exactly right. So they had to be all in. Of course, we also sort of incentivized them with a, a dorm challenge yeah. and presented even the dorm challenge trophy yesterday in chapel. Printy was our, our winner yeah. and really created a wonderful atmosphere. Alumni, current students engaging together. I had several people come up to me and just make comments, one, bragging about our team, and I do want to brag on our team, putting together an outstanding homecoming weekend. But not only that, but just speaking about the feel of the weekend and the experience that they were having. Someone came up and says, it's like a uh, carnival-like experience. That means people were having fun, and in fun, we can celebrate what God is doing. Absolutely. Let's... um... And, and there's one aspect of homecoming that we are, we'll talk about in a little bit, and that's really a, a campaign element, and that had to be another added um, niche to the campaign but, or to the homecoming. We'll get to that in a little bit. As I reviewed your resume, Will, I noticed that you studied public relations, which is an area that I have interest in, at the University of Florida. But your professional career has gone more into the sales and fundraising in higher ed. Or did PR help you in your career path and successes? Yeah, so my journey to PR really started in college when I was a communications major. Okay. I was actually a strategic communications major. I wanted to be a presidential speechwriter. That's oh. what I felt God was calling me to do. And then I received a letter from the president of the university saying that the strategic communications major no longer existed. Oh. And so I needed to find a new major. And some folks directed me towards public relations, journalism, communications. Yeah. Uh, saying that I could still follow the same career path because the strate- uh, strategies and tactics that uh, public relations teaches are some of the same for speech writing. And yeah. so that's how I ended up in the public relations major, got a little more journalism because it was housed in the College of Journalism and Communications. 
And that really started my journey. My first job out of college was was in the area of public relations. Right. But as you know, when you're in PR, you you get to uh, you get to engage with a, a diversity of folks. And one of the individuals that I got to work with was the vice president for sales for a commercial printing company there in Gainesville, Florida. And so he saw my work saw some skills in me that I maybe didn't even notice in myself and said, hey, have you ever thought about sales? Right. And I said, well, no. And we went to lunch. He shared with me about that opportunity. I was excited. And so that's how I got into sales for the next five or six years with this company in Florida. And then that's just led you into uh, fundraising for higher education. Yeah, it really has. But that really was uh, coming back to the the calling of the Lord upon my life. So... I always sensed the Lord's calling to some type of ministry. I just really never knew what that was. Uh, Some individuals, while I was in sales, uh, I I can remember playing this day, uh, this couple, uh, Johnny and Kathy Cook, Brother Jay and Miss Kathy, loved on Caroline and me, my wife, uh, really were instrumental in our calling. And so at 28, uh, sensing really that very strong call to the Lord, uh, to ministry knew that it was also a call to train and be educated. Mm-hmm. So that's when we quit our jobs, we sold our home, and we moved to Louisville. Oh wow! And uh, began seminary because I said to myself, and so naively said, "You know what? God will tell me what He's calling me to to at seminary, right? God will speak to me at seminary." Sort of naively said that. But here's the deal, Mark: the first person that I met on campus, probably within the first couple of weeks, was the vice president for advancement. Okay. Big Alabama fan, sort of big Florida fan. We started talking football, life, and he found that out that I was in sales and we began to build a relationship. And he asked me, you ever thought about development? I didn't even know what development was right. at the time, right. but he began to explain to that. And I, I started as a director of development for Southern Seminary and I began to see all that God had been orchestrating yeah. in my life to bring me to this point. Yeah. Isn't that neat to see when you, when you step back and I mean, we all can. We all have stories, and we we can all share um, what we see, how the Lord has worked. Yes. When, and, but it, when you're in the midst of it, you you don't see it. But it, it's a cool, coolest thing to see. So, well, you've only been at Cedarville for a short period of time. You joined us last April, and you're not a graduate of the university. Um, you know, you're a Florida guy. So, what did your journey to Cedarville look like? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question, and, and again, it's a it's God working and orchestrating things in, in my life, and so we were we spent six years at Southern Seminary, finished the the master's degree, started the doctorate, and then Dr. David Dockery, oh, yeah. uh, at the time president of Union University, recommended me to the new president of Oklahoma Baptist University, okay. Dr. David Whitlock. A lot of Davids in my life at the point, so yeah. Dr. Dockery recommended me, Dr. Whitlock invited me to come uh, spend a couple of days at OBU and offered me the opportunity to serve as the vice president for advancement. And in that journey, uh, we learned so much about uh, Christian higher education because Dr. Whitlock gave me a significant amount of opportunity to serve in a variety of areas. So I came and started in, in pure development. Uh, leading our development team, launching a capital campaign at at OBU, its largest in its history. Uh, it was a 42 million uh, five-year campaign, 
And the Lord was gracious to allow us to reach the $42 million mark within about two and a half years. Trustees said, okay, keep up the great work, extended the amount. We pushed to 60. And by the time the campaign was done, the Lord was gracious to provide generous donors that, that gave more than $80 million to that original $42 million campaign. Just incredible. That's incredible. So, so Dr. Whitlock provided that opportunity. And then we needed some leadership in the area of marketing and communications, given my background uh, in the area of PR, marketing. Uh, marketing was a minor of mine at college. Uh, allowed me to, to give some leadership. We had some incredible individuals in that area. And so just blessed to be able to, to also lead in, in that area, marketing and communications. A few years later, needed some leadership in the areas of technology services. I have no idea about <laughs> technology, but it just needed, it didn't need a, a technical expert. It just needed some leadership um, and, and putting the right people in the right places to function well. And I was, great, I was grateful for Dr. Whitlock providing the opportunity to serve in that way. I also got a chance to work with career services and, and denominational relations for, for the institution, all things that, that were really... Um, really about people, yeah. and and that's really I think where the Lord has gifted me is is people, being with people, encouraging people, inspiring people, motivating yeah. people. Well, that's what life's about. It really is. I mean, we can talk about you know facilities, and those are really great. Those are tools, right? But at the end of the day, serving others and and encouraging right. uh, people is is what I do for a living. Right. Yeah, I want to hear the story about you getting to Cedarville because it's it's probably not a story that you thought would unfold. So what happened? Yeah, it, in no way did I was thinking, I wasn't even thinking about Cedarville in, in that way. So served at uh, Oklahoma Baptist University for a little over 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, it served in that role and even served as acting president uh, for a short time okay. uh, there at OBU. Um, I, part of my story is that I, I was um, wanted to be a, a candidate for that institution as its president. And uh, God just did not uh, allow, allow that to happen. Yeah. And so we we ended up at Louisiana College for a short season, as, yeah. as you mentioned, a cup of coffee, uh, a cup of coffee, and uh, and and then through some conversations of again the network, my name got to to Dr. White. Yeah. And Dr. White called me in early January of this year and said, "Are you open to a conversation?" and certainly was open to a conversation. When I had the opportunity to, to lead marketing and communications at OBU, we launched a, a, a new branding campaign. Yeah. Worked with a company out of Chicago to help us launch that branding campaign. One of the questions that that group asked was, tell us one or two aspirant colleges. Right. So this is three years ago, maybe four years ago. What, what is an aspirant college? And what came off my lips was Cedarville University. Yeah. I'd never been here, but I had seen from a distance everything that God was doing here, had watched the, the growth in enrollment and the incredible marketing and communication strategies and tax, tactics that were coming out of here and said, yeah, we want to be yeah. like Cedarville. So that was already on my mind. And then when Dr. White called in January and said, are you open to a conversation uh, I, w- I was ready for that conversation. Now, some context in that. Uh, now we know some things, or now some things are public that weren't public back then. Right. And that is, um, at the time, Dr. Rick Melson, now president of Southwest Baptist University, was serving as as vice president right. for advancement here. 
He certainly was a candidate at some schools all across the country. It was a matter of for a time. presidency. For a presidency, Correct. that's right. So for a matter, it was a matter of time right. uh, before the Lord would open that door of opportunity and the right fit for the the, the university and the right fit for the Melsons. Right. Sort of, he knew that. Of course, Dr. White knew that as well. Correct. And Dr. White, who uh, obviously plans well, thinks well, uh, was saying, "Oh my goodness, we're going to launch a, a capital campaign." And if Dr. Melson takes a presidency, we need a leader in that area that has some experience with with capital campaigns and leadership of advancement. So that's really what prompted the call in January. Caroline and I came in February in the middle of a blizzard uh, in February. It's Valentine's Day weekend. You might remember that weekend. And we said, oh, my goodness, is this is what Cedarville is like. We had lived in Louisville, but it was really cold yeah. and really snowy. Yeah. And uh, we that's also when the ice storms were taking place in Oklahoma, Texas, sure. and Louisiana. Well. Right. We didn't even get home for a week uh, because of all, all the, those uh, storms that were, were taking place. Uh, but we came and and stepped into chapel. And just within the first couple hours of being on campus— we really didn't care what opportunity was available. Uh, we were hoping that an offer would be extended because we experienced yeah. uh, the spirit of the Lord moving, that this was the place that we needed to be. Yeah. We could sense God working here, God moving here. And, and I go back to that old Henry Blackaby uh, kind of uh, where, where God is at work, get in on it. And we sensed that God was yeah. working here and we wanted to be here. Uh, at the time, you know, Dr. White said, well, there are no promises. Presidencies are not a foregone conclusion. And we understood that. And, and we, it didn't matter to us. But you had to, you had to think that um, if something did happen, that if, if Rick Melson did leave, that you were going to be the person to stand in the gap to lead advancement, right? Yeah. I, uh, Dr. White and I had extensive conversations uh, about that very possibility. Again, no promises, right. but if these things were going to take place, then the Lord was moving in such a way to open that door of opportunity. So even as we arrived in April, we we came in to lead just the development team as part of the campaign, and and we were having a blast and having a great time, even in that role, and experiencing firsthand uh, how special this place is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've talked about this to our board. I've talked about this to our team and many others across campus. When you serve at other institutions that are really good Christian universities, this is no knock on other institutions. Those are good places. But but when you serve at those institutions and then you come here, um, I've told Dr. White that the a couple times that the grass is really greener on the other side. I know that's not the case for a lot of people, but for me, it was. Those were wonderful places. And I had a, a great experience in there, but there's something special and unique um, about Cedarville University. Right. And we are so thrilled yeah. uh, to be a part of God's story here. It refreshes your heart to see 3,000 singing praises full-throated unto the Lord in chapel and wanting to be there five days a week. Yeah. Uh, that that really is unheard of uh, and uh, really unprecedented in any other uh, in many other places across the country and then you get to know them you get to hear their callings and you get to hear their stories and to be a part of that to to invite people to support what is taking place in their lives 
is really special. Yeah, and that's what makes your job and my job all the much easier and all the more enjoyable. Getting to tell stories uh, is, we say this all the time, that that what we're doing is telling stories. That's all we're doing. And inviting people to experience the joy and the blessing it is to be generous to his work here on our campus. Absolutely. Well, I want to pivot to talking about the big announcement that was made October 1st. That's about the... um, campaign, the fundraising campaign that uh, now you get to lead uh, your team uh, with. So uh, perhaps some viewers didn't hear what that message or announcement was. Uh, Enlighten us to what was shared on uh, Friday, October 1st. So in our State of the University address, or in his State of the University address, Dr. White announced the the most historic and largest campaign in Cedarville history, 1,000 Days Transformed, the campaign for Cedarville. A $125 million effort. Let me repeat that. A $125 million effort, which is incredible. Really to impact every area of the campus. That's really what a campaign does. It allows for us to engage a diversity of constituents to impact every area of the campus. So in four areas, the campaign will impact four areas. First of all, we've seen unprecedented enrollment growth. Dr. White announced that more than 4,700 students are are now studying here at Cedarville University. And so that's that's pretty exciting. So we've got to accommodate space uh, for those students. Where are they going to study? Where are they going to sleep, right? Where are right. they going to eat? All those kind of things. Right. And so we have to provide facilities uh, for all those things. So the largest portion of the campaign of the 125 million, about 92.5 million, is dedicated towards the building of facilities. And a couple facilities ha- have already gone up, uh, including the uh, Chick-fil-A. Very popular. Uh, uh, home of the Chick-fil-A. I know it's a, a good long wait at lunchtime and dinner time. That's really exciting. The largest Chick-fil-A in the world, they say, is right here on Cedarville's campus. A beautiful facility sitting right on Cedar Lake and uh, very busy every day. Uh, and so that's an addition. We've also built the civil engineering facility Correct. that is uh, growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, that major is growing fast, and we're really excited that that facility is getting used and used well every day. I- I'm Steve Ayers, who is mm-hmm. our associate dean and really the head of our civil engineering program, has told me, how many students, it's so encouraging, that are studying civil engineering because they want to take those skills and abilities and go to the mission field and impact the world in that way. Uh, those places need roads and infrastructure, and our civil engineers are going to make a difference, a transformational difference in the world. That's so exciting. So civil engineering has gone up, and then we have three a facility going up right now, and that is the expa- academic expansion, athletic and academic expansion to the Callen Center. So it will house a world-class weight room for Yellow Jacket Athletics. It will house a athletic team room where they can host meetings, where they all the athletic programs can host meetings. Uh, they can uh, watch film. Uh, they can really do a lot of team-oriented activity in that area. Some offices for coaches, and then upstairs is going to be the academic expansion for our uh, physician's assistant program that is coming uh, soon, uh, hopefully to launch in the fall of, of next year. And uh, I know they're working towards uh, f- getting all the accreditation yeah. uh, for that. Right. 
So that's that's going up right now. The brick's going up. What's it, next? It, so so here's what's next. So the next two facilities on the well, I will say I said I said next two facilities because to accommodate for growth, we had about 70 young ladies yep. in overflow overflow space. Right at the beginning of September, we broke ground on a new about 120 bed uh, female dorm, and uh, that's going up right now on the uh, sort of on the uh, north side of campus, north uh, west side of campus. So that's that that's going up and it'll be ready for next year. And then the next two facilities we're really excited about. Absolutely. The first is the Scharnberg Business Center. Yep. And currently the School of Business is in Milner and about 25,000 square feet. The new Scharnberg Business Center is going to have more than 65,000 square feet. So we're really going to uh, advance in the area of School of Business. But that's not only for business, right? That's correct. So the communications department will be in there. There'll be some other spaces for every student. And as Dr. White has mentioned, it it will become a very popular spot uh, as it sits right on the lake between the Stevens uh, Student Center and the Dixon Ministry Center. Prime location. It's going to be really exciting. It's the last part of the uh, lakefront property. <laughs> it is the last part of the lakefront property. Yeah. And uh, it will be really fantastic for our business uh, students. I really think it's going to help grow our, our college, uh, our, our school of business. And I, I think it will become a premier yeah, uh, school here at Cedarville University. The facility is also going to hold um, the uh, Barry Center for Free Enterprise. And so we want to be leaders in the area of free enterprise, yep. entrepreneurship, yep. capitalism. So that space is, is also going to be well-received yep. by our faculty and students. Additionally, we're going to be build a, a facility right on Main Street. Yep. And that uh, facility is going to be a welcome center. We'll also house academic programs, some office spaces for faculty and students as well. That welcome center will be the front entrance in many ways so that prospective students and their families, alumni, know right where to go uh, when they come to campus to that Welcome Center. It's going to be a gorgeous facility. That facility from the renderings looks like it's the crown jewel of all the buildings. It's a stately facility. And uh, glass on both sides, you can see all the way through. Uh, Really nice rotunda on that facility. It's going to be gorgeous. Both of those facilities are are, are going to complement the campus well. We just have a couple of minutes left, yes. and, but I know that the, the campaign also has other elements. Tell us quickly what else is in the campaign. Yeah, three three other elements. One, we want to address affordability and accessibility for students. So a big portion of this campaign is to raise resources, provide resources so that students can have scholarships so they can afford attending Cedarville University. We want to give every student an opportunity to attend Cedarville. We don't want there to be any barriers, especially financial. And so by raising resources, growing our endowment, we're going to be able to provide students those resources to attend and and really get what we offer here at Cedarville. The other other two areas are there's some, some student life experiences. As we talked about a special place, student life is a uh, experience are, are a key and Absolutely. crucial role right. in 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 the holistic experience. Right. So we're we're investing in uh, global outreach and and chapel and other areas of student life to give them give students the, that great experience. And, and part of that is that what the president has said. 
he wants he wants every Cedarville student before they graduate to go on the mission field for a short term, right? Absolutely. And that's what this is about. Yeah, and so uh, something really exciting is that we've had an anonymous donor just even in the past week commit to a million dollar endowment that will help specifically with That's global great. outreach. Great. Uh, so not only will it help students, but this these anonymous donors, they also want to help faculty and staff and their families champion yeah. some of our global outreach trips. And we know when we have champions, students go as well. They follow, absolutely. And then finally, uh, we want to address institutional sustainability. Mm-hmm. And that that really is, how do we make sure that Cedarville is here for the long haul? And... Um, and continues until the Lord returns. And so that's through institutional sustainability, a lot of endowment areas. Um, and when you talk about sustainability, with our culture, the way, the where it's going, the direction it's going, this is very, very important to the life of the university because um, there's going to become a day uh, that the government may say, you have to do this or you don't get federal funds. And we're going to we're going to address and this is probably what this is going to help this is do. exactly what this is addressing not only for you know student scholarship areas but yeah. but other areas as well yeah. we know that our students a majority of our students receive some type of federal grants whether that's pell right. grants or right. other other areas it's quite possible that well we know uh that someday um, that may be something that our students yeah. do not receive. Right. And so institutional sustainability, addressing that area with endowment, allows us to have the resources to make up that difference if those uh, fu- if that funding goes away for our students. Yeah. Uh, Will, I have uh, two final questions. For those people listening to this podcast, how can they get involved in the campaign? Well, first and foremost, as Dr. White mentioned, and we would agree, they can pray for us. Absolutely. Uh, pray for us. Um, pray that uh, the Lord would provide those um, resources to fulfill the the goals of the campaign. Pray that uh, He would introduce us um, to to individuals who have the means by which to do so. Every gift matters. We've said that all along. Every gift matters, and we want to build relationships in such a way that we're we're demonstrating that no matter the size of gift, you are making a difference here at Cedarville. So pray, and two, uh, certainly give. Um, and they can do that at cedarville.edu slash transformed. That's our campaign website, okay. cedarville.edu slash transformed. I think those who will go to that website, they, they see our campaign video, they see the four strategic priorities, but they'll also see an update on where the campaign is currently. And one of the things that Dr. White uh, announced on Friday, and I would be remiss not to mention it, is yes, we have this audacious, bold goal of 125 million, but God has been good and gracious to provide generous individuals. And Dr. White announced that already 95 million, 95.6 million dollars has been already committed. So praise God for his goodness to us. And, you know, I'm not, uh, I have no inside information, but I think the way is going Hundred million is within sight. Hundred million is is really within sight, and and I will uh, caution us to say as uh, in in very much as Dr. White has said, um, we're now in the marathon portion, right? We've right. launched publicly to 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 get that next thirty million dollars. We we have some hard work to do, right. but we we know that that God owns the cattle on the thousand hills, and He owns the thousand hills as well, and right. so we're trusting Him to provide. Absolutely. 
So uh, let's uh, put this podcast, wrap it up and tie it with a bow and with this question. So Will, um, at the heart of the Cedarville Stories podcast, our goal was to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. How are you in your life and work bringing God glory? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. Thank you for allowing me to speak to that. So I think by serving well, uh, serving with humility, and serving not only our team, but our donors as well, um, and in hopefully encouraging and inspiring others to be a part of the transformational work here, we're bringing God glory because we're advancing his kingdom. You know, you don't often think about how you're, you're bringing God glory. That's not a question that you think yeah. about often. Right. Um, but we know by being faithful every single day in what God's called us to, no matter where we are in an organization, no matter what we're doing, if we're being faithful, we know that we are mimicking and we are um, replicating what God is, and that is he is faithful. And so I think just through faithfulness to the call, faithfulness to our work here, uh, we are bringing God glory. That's a, that's a great answer. And uh, I want to thank you for joining me this week on, on the Cedarville Stories podcast. And I want to thank uh, the listeners uh, for staying with us today. And, and uh, I really do encourage you to uh, join the bold call and join us on this campaign for Cedarville. It's a great, great campaign. It's a great purpose. And the Lord is doing great things there. So join us. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.